month, she is sustainability by Julie Marzetti, where I interviewed the best and brightest in the sustainability field. Today, I'm here with me, Carlos Terrell. He's the founder of Good Ripple, a platform and community to connect change makers and amplify their impact. After 10 months, the community has over 1,400 change makers from over 80 countries. Carlos is very passionate about eradicating extreme poverty and tackling climate change. He believes in systemic change through individual actions. Hi, Carlos. Thank you for being with us today, talking about sustainability. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Julia, to be here. I'm really honored to be a guest in your podcast. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this. I'm happy that finally the day has come. We're all happy that the day has come. (laughs) And so as with all our guests, I'm going to ask you, what is sustainability to you? Right. That's a good question. Yeah. I think like nowadays, my definition of sustainability is sort of shifting a little bit. It's going more, I think you see this pretty much everywhere these days on like social and stuff, but it's very much inclusive of um, regeneration as well that I think probably sustainability already includes regeneration. But I think sometimes for me as well, like a few months ago, to be honest, I hadn't really come across that term that often. So to me, sustainability is not just the typical sort of definition of, you know, doing something so that future generations can also enjoy doing the same thing. But also, I think we've got to the point where we've actually done quite a lot of harm, unfortunately, to Earth. And for me, sustainability is not just about reducing the negative impact, but actually creating more positive impact in the world and also help the planet, you know, come back to its original state and sort of regenerate nature. So I think it's a very, yeah, very inclusive sort of uh, definition of sustainability where we really try proactively to make that positive impact in the planet and, and not just reducing the negative one. So yeah, it's very broad in that sense. And also I think it's a term that it's, to me, the definition should be like very inclusive. And I feel sometimes sustainability is a term that is just like, you know, for maybe people who have sustainability in their job titles or people who work in an environmental agency or something like that. But to me, the definition is a daily life that everybody in the world could live as a sustainable life. That's really sustainability to me, something that everybody can apply every day. And it's very inclusive and diverse by definition. We need, you know, 8 billion people to be sustainable in that way and, you know, do every small actions or anything that can count towards uh, making the world a better place. So, yeah, I think that's my definition. It's a little bit not very well defined, but hopefully you get the grasp of it. (laughs) I think I really like about your definition that is inclusive and talks about impact. Which brings me to my next point. You have been advocating for systemic change through individual action for a while. How did you start and how is it going? Good question. I think probably everything started eight years ago when I myself started this journey into sustainability and trying to make that positive impact in the world. And I mean, I'm still learning a lot. I'm, you know, far, far, far from perfect, but every day I try to improve a little bit. And I think it's one of those topics that the more you learn about it, you know, the more intrigued by it you are. And what I've realized and the reason I've been advocating for individual change is that, you know, we're all talking about we need systemic change, right? We need 
policy changes and corporations to change and ban the negative things and all of that. But that somehow puts the responsibility away from us as individuals, as a, in a way. And, you know, I'm not saying this to mean that we are to blame for all the stuff that's happening, but I see responsibility as the ability to respond, right? So we are responsible means we have the ability to do something about it. And I think realizing that is actually very empowering. And suddenly you're not just a person that has no control over life and the world, but suddenly you become an empowered global citizen that actually can do things and change things. So to me, it's the realization that we can actually influence, you know, whether it's politicians or corporations, and we have this responsibility to actually try to make them change and improve. Because if you look about everything in politics and, and the corporate world, all of their decisions are triggered by demand. It's actually people behind that sort of triggering those changes, right? Like if politicians make a new law or a new policy, it's because there's enough people actually talking about it, demanding it, you know, and just really requesting that change. So eventually they make that because they want to get votes for the next election, right? So we need to be aware that we have that power to really influence politics, policies. And the same happens with um, corporations. I haven't really seen any big company that makes a big change just because of goodwill from their board of directors, right? I'm hoping one day we get there and, you know, there's enough like people really conscious about making a, an impact that they get there and they decide to change just because it's the right thing to do. But I think at the moment, most of their decisions are based on demand. So if they see that everyone, to put an example with banks, for example, if they see that everyone is swapping um, here in the UK from Lloyds, HSBC, Barclays to Triodos, for example, then you start creating systemic change because banks, you know, start losing customers. So they say, well, we need to change something so that we gain back those customers, right? So I do see us as a really, you know, a source of power in that sense. And I really believe in democracy in its more pure form, in the sense that people actually have the power. And unless we actually action on that power, then we're not really, you know, making anything happen. So I think that's a little bit why, you know, it's, it's been a journey where I've been developing that sort of belief and I've seen that actually it happens that way. So yeah, that's how kind of I became an advocate for individual action if we really want to make systemic change because there's little chances that, you know, politicians and big world leaders wake up tomorrow and decide to make all the right decisions if we're not pushing them to make them really. So people have the power. And I also like to say we can empower people to make better choices. And we also always talk about more collaborations, more collaboration between government and private sector, more collaboration between civil society and government, etc. Why we need a lot more collaboration to fix the world's greatest challenges? And can you also give us some example of successful collaborations that you've seen? Yeah. And um, again, that's a topic that I'm super passionate about. I think I could be talking about it for hours. But yeah, I feel that, you know, these days we're working too much in silos. And you see that across pretty much every sector and every department. And even within organizations, you see it between teams happening as well. 
And, you know, I think in a way it's maybe because we're just too busy. We've become so busy in life that everybody's just focusing on get things done. And, you know, you just have this narrow vision of your own tasks and you forget about talking to others. You forget about collaborating more, you know, and actually if we really want to solve the world's biggest challenges, so whether it's climate change, poverty, inequalities, there's no way one person, one team, one organization, one government can fix them. And, you know, that's a realization that, you know, it's quite common sense if you think about it, that actually we need to come all together to really solve those problems. Again, because no one person organization can come up with the best solution because we live in a diverse world and we need to have all sorts of different opinions and backgrounds and frameworks to really understand issues and also have the different local contexts, right? Because one solution can work one side, but not work in another side. So I think because of that, we really, really need to collaborate at a whole new level. I think we need to start sort of forgetting the idea of competition, which is too much ingrained in our current society and start thinking more about collaboration. How can I co-create a better world with other people, right? It's not, how can I do more impact than you? No, that's not the point. It's that how can we join forces and make more impact together, right? So in that sense, I feel like we really need to be talking a lot more to more people and, you know, just coming up with more partnerships and finding how we can really collaborate between, as you said, governments, private sector, all the individuals. How can we empower every single person in this planet to come together and really contribute to that solution of whatever issue it is that we want to fix, right? And a really good example that it's funny because it's like a sort of a double-faced example, but one that I really like is um, back in, I think it was March or April this year, uh, Extinction Rebellion did a, a big event in London. And I went there and I think there were, depending on who you ask, <laughs> there were like around 60, 70,000 people. But the thing that I was fascinated about with this event is not just the number of people, but the number of organizations that were involved. Because normally, most of these events is just one organization. They do their thing, they do their event, and you know, that's it. But for this event, I really liked how Extinction Rebellion changed their whole strategy. And they said, okay, this is not going to be our event. This is going to be a collaboration between any organization that somehow is aligned to what our ultimate purpose is. So I liked it because we went there and they were like, I think over, I need to check this, so don't quote me on this one, but I think there were over like 300 organizations involved or something like that, like really huge numbers. Um, when I went there, suddenly you start seeing, you know, all sorts of different people coming together with different ideologies, different ways of looking at things, but coming together to try and solve a common problem. So it's about leaving aside our differences and, you know, looking for our similarities and realizing that there's so many different organizations trying to make the world a better place. And rather than fighting their own individual battles, we can actually come together. And then that's where the real power is, right? In coming together and finding aligned solutions. So I really loved that event because, you know, it was for the very first time that I saw so many organizations together from, you know, stopping fossil fuels to um, promoting biodiversity, to helping the bees, 
and you know everybody because at the end of the day all of these issues and, and causes they're very much interlinked and you know we can't solve one without looking at the others so yeah to me it was magic that day because of all the different you know relationships that were forged there from different communities different people different organizations coming together i think like that's where the real power of humanity really flourishes so that's the good thing now the bad thing about it is that actually it wasn't as impactful as it could have been because <laughs> they didn't really get the government to agree to the changes that i think the main sort of thing was to commit to stop subsidizing fossil fuels and then stop creating new sort of mines and new explorations and the government didn't really respond to that but having said that i think the power of uniting all of those people and the things that are coming out as a result of that, of having all of those different groups together. And now they're continuing to collaborate. They're continuing to create more events, more change. I think that it's really, really powerful. And we should be doing a lot more of that. Thank you for all your insights so far. I'm going to ask you one last question. What can we do more for sustainability? Right. Good question. <laughs> Where to start? I mean, what I tend to think to everyone is that, yes, we need systemic change. But to get there, we need a whole lot of people demanding that systemic change, right? And nobody wakes up one day deciding to, you know, change the world. It's all a, a journey. And you have to be mindful that you need to take little steps until you can get to a point where you want to create big change. So in the sense, like you say, well, you know, swapping your plastic bottle with a reusable one, it's not a big change, right? Uh, when you see it in the bigger scheme of things, but it's quite unlikely that somebody who's creating huge amounts of change in the world, saving the oceans or whatever it is, it's very unlikely that that person didn't change their bottle for a reusable one, right? They probably started with those smaller steps that then built up to creating more impact. So sustainability, what can we do about it? I think it's about starting, getting started with small actions. And, you know, don't feel that you have to take big leaps of faith and, you know, do big things because, yeah, maybe those will come with time. But what we really need is a lot of imperfect people doing small changes. We don't need a few perfect ones just doing everything. We need a lot of them. We need 8 billion people, you know, tapping into it and making small acts of sustainability because that eventually will lead to all of that systemic change that we need. Also, having said that, I'm quite a big advocate of trying to do our best for systemic change. So there's really good platforms out there like Global Citizen, for example, where, you know, you download their app and you can start changing like the world pretty easily from your home. Um, you can start like sending letters to your politicians. You can start sending tweets to world leaders. And it's pretty amazing because you think like these things, they don't make any impact, but actually they send you um, follow-ups and they will tell you, well, actually, thanks to you and 10 other million people that send that letter. Now we got the PM to agree, you know, not to um, sort of stop their plans in, in net zero like it's happening today. <laughs> so I'm a bit advocate of, you know, start small, but also think about those extra things that you can do for actual systemic change and demanding for our world leaders to create a better world. But yeah, if you need to start, you know, changing your water bottle and changing your toothbrush for a bamboo one, 
I do think it makes a difference, not because of that small action only, but because of the mindset that's helped you develop. And that mindset's got the power to change the world in the long term. So focus on that mindset and start small today. I love that you mentioned all this ripple effect and mindset shift to make sure that we are all change makers. Thank you, Carlos, for being with us today and discussing about sustainability. Yeah, thank you, Julia, for having me here. It's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to Sustainability by Julia Marzati. Do not forget to subscribe and follow us on social media. See you in the next episode. Opinions and views expressed herein are strictly personal and cannot be attributed to our guests, hosts, employers or affiliation and cannot be used out of context.